0: Welcome back to this coffee and anti-racism podcast with me, Rebecca Hemmings, the CEO of Strawberry Words Training Consultancy. And we talk about uh, race here. We humanize conversations around racism for allies, for ethnic minority people, for people who are wanting to learn more. So, today uh, I'm gonna start by sharing a story with you um, uh, because today we're discussing micro assaults, um, which are a type of microaggression. And um, uh, a micro uh, a microaggression is you know it's it's a statement it's it's a behavior that communicates um, to an ethnic minority uh, that you're unwelcome invisible or incapable of performing well and I'm going to give you some examples of microassaults because there are three different types of microaggressions but I'm going to focus on one today because what's prompted this is because of an incident that took place and it really got me thinking about customer services and and how much of an education on microaggressions is needed. Because a lot of these examples that I'm going to share with you, they're very common for ethnic minorities, okay? So what happened? What happened was, um this weekend I went to a theme park with my daughter and her friends and we went to go on one ride In fact, I wasn't going on, I'm not a person who likes to go on rides okay and and so I didn't go on the rides uh, but there was one ride which specifically said that there needs to be a responsible person in that particular on that particular ride and, uh, and who's over the age of Either sixteen or eighteen, and you know my, my daughter and her friends are, are not that age, and so um, they ran back to me and said, "Oh, we've got to have a responsible person." So I read the rules. I'm like, "Oh, okay, all right, I'll come up." Um, and really, why I was going up was to try and find somebody else that would go on the ride with them. I did find such a person. However, when I told the person uh, who was basically letting people onto the ride that I'd found someone, he was like, "No." no you have to go on so i'm like i have to go on because you know i'm not new to theme parks and and i just thought that's not sounding right you have to go on as a responsible person i said that's not what it says downstairs we've read the rules you know i said well where is this written oh who told me to go and say that uh this man had an attitude and he said wow it doesn't need to be written it's common sense so i'm sensing okay we're not having a rational conversation here i said look I, i've I found this gentleman he's you know he's perfectly happy happy to you know go with the girls and he said well he's he's going to be responsible he's going to end up being responsible if anything happens legally he's going to be responsible for them so obviously at that point the man's feeling uncomfortable the man that i'd uh asked to go um, on the ride with them. So I said, you know what, you go ahead, it's fine. And I said to the girls, "Um, I'm really sorry, but um, you can't go on at this stage. But as we were walking down, I'm thinking, no, no, sorry. I missed a bit. So I said to the man, can I speak to the manager? And so he, he looked across the way and there was this other man and he basically, he didn't even finish saying what he was saying, because the other guy must have been listening. This other guy says, no, she has to go on the ride with them. And he goes, look, he's the operator. And he says, you have to go on the ride. So again, I realized I'm not in a rational situation here. There's no point having an argument with them because I'm not going to get anywhere. And uh, So I went straight downstairs and I uh, went to the shop. And I said, can I speak to a manager? And they called, they called one. And I got to speak to a lovely guy uh, called Kyle. I'm going to say his name because I I think he deserves the recognition that he deserves So, if he happens to be listening. um, uh, You know, you get your due props as we like to call them, right? Um, So I explained the situation and he said, well, no, that's not right. You know, as long as you found somebody uh, to go on the ride with them, that's normally fine. Um, I said, that's what I thought. I said, you know, what if um, I-, I was disabled and, you know, and I couldn't go on the ride? Like, what's the rules there? Like, this is not making sense. He goes, no, you're absolutely right. Those are not the rules. And I'm going to speak to him. And um, I did say, actually, you know, he was really quite quite rude. And actually, I would like an apology. And I guess that... Be- kind of went over his head but what he did agree to do which i was happy with because my priority is making sure that the girls continued to be happy you know um that was why we were there so they could have fun so i just said um you know okay cool do what you need to do so he goes i'll go up there I'll find them another responsible person and they will go on the ride. And so it was sorted. Um, you know, my, my daughter later told me that, you know, the guy got told off and, and that, you know, obviously everything worked out well in the end. But there's a perfect example of a micro assault in action. What's a micro assault? So a micro assault is, um, it's like you're more traditional form of overt racism so it's very much whereas most microaggressions or yeah most microaggressions are, are um, aren't necessarily intentional a micro assault is intentional you know this person is very aware of what they're doing but what makes it a microaggression is the fact that it's usually done in a out of the view of many Okay, so it's quite uh, sneaky. It's quite usually done in private. It's usually between the perpetrator and the person on the receiving end. So, so so, they can't be seen to be doing what they're doing, but they know they're trying to cause harm. And that's what the, the guy was doing. He didn't want the girls to go on the ride for whatever reason, because for whatever reason, he didn't want them to go on the ride. And so how do we know this is a microaggression? Well, what we can't tell is what the microaggression is based on. I can't tell, we, you know, we were all women, you know, or, you know, women and girls. And so was it based on uh, our gender? I don't know. Uh, was it based on our race? I don't know. Could be either, could be both. Who knows it's difficult to tell but often why we know it's a microaggression is because of the systemicity of them okay they happen to the same people on a regular basis so for me i mean it could be a combination of the two as well you know let's not forget the intersectional nature of discrimination but clearly there was something about the way we were represented we presented that this man was not happy about because um, the question has to be asked Does he say this to everybody? And according to the manager, well, no, this is not normal. So then that would lead me to believe that that is not something, it's not common behavior, okay? So um, yeah, I wanted to share that example just because it was so fresh, but there are other examples, okay? Um, So I went to a supermarket and I bought an item and I can't remember what the item was, but it was out of date, okay? so i went back here i think the next day with the receipt and i said look i bought this yesterday and it's out of date well ordinarily you know you would just get it swapped for another one but this person uh, took it upon themselves to say well well did you let us know did you call us i was like no and in my head i'm thinking well that's not normal. You wouldn't normally call the supermarket to tell them it's out of date. You would just go back in the next time and sort it out. But she questioned me. Wow, you know, normally we would expect you to, uh, to call and, and to let us know and to let us know you're bringing it in. And then she took the item and my receipt and went back to the back of the supermarket for about a good 10 minutes whilst I'm waiting. I'm trying to stay calm because I know this is not normal. Because again, I would ask, where is this in writing? Where is this in writing? Once again, just like with the incident with the person at the theme park, rules were being made up to make life difficult. This is just one aspect or one way in which a micro assault can appear, okay? People making up stuff to make your life hard, okay? So in the end, I mean, she had no argument because um, what can you say? I've got the receipt and it's uh, clearly out of date, so it was swapped in the end. But You know, we didn't have to go through all that. We didn't have to go through all that. Okay, and again, what you could argue is that maybe these people have difficult personalities. You know, that does happen. Some people just like to make other people's lives um, difficult. But again, whose lives are they making difficult on a regular basis? And if it's done on the basis of race, that's racism. It's a form of racial microaggression, and this is what staff need to know. It's not okay to do this, okay? And so the more we speak about these examples, the more we speak about why it's wrong and what they're doing, and you know, the more we shed light on it, the more we educate people, the less they will happen. They will happen, And that's, that's why, you know, um, we do what we do. Uh, I got- hey i know you're enjoying the podcast episode but i just want to quickly come in and say look if you're an organization that needs anti-racism training for your organization because your staff are lacking in the racial literacy they don't have the words they get stuck when talking about racism they they want to be able to deal with incidents but they're not sure how to then check out our time to talk about race online cpd accredited course at strawberrywords.co.uk okay we you can train from 10 to 10,000 but get in touch today at admin at strawberrywords.co.uk now back to the episode uh i got another example um oh yes this is many many moons ago uh i was purchased purchasing uh, my f- no it was my f- well, i was purchasing a home and the estate agent said to me you know after everything had been done he uh, he said to me make sure you look after that house And I'm thinking, what would make him say such a comment, like comment like that? And again, for those who are thinking, well, he's just, you know, being friendly. Well, we get these kind of so-called friendly statements on a regular basis as ethnic minorities, because What my question was in my mind, well, what is it you're insinuating or what is the assumption that you're making to think that I wouldn't look after the house? And I didn't have that conversation with him. And I'll come to some of the things you can say um, in response to these microassaults later. But, um, you know, what would make him say that? And does he say that to everybody? Is that a joke he makes to everybody or just people who look like me? So, um, what often happens when you complain about a micro assault? That's what I want to move on to next. Is often people can defend the the person, the person who said or done something. You know, oh. So and so was just having a bad day, or they're going through some problems at the moment. Oh, oh no, you must have got that wrong. They're not like that. You know, we we refer to them as the five Ds, which I won't go through at the moment. But they're things like defending somebody, downplaying, and uh, deflecting that sort of thing. Okay, um, so these all these comments they're made in defence of the perpetrator. So there's no entertaining. What the person who's on the receiving end has just said, so there's no acknowledging of that person's feelings. It's quickly jumping to the def- to the defence of the person who's said or done the microaggression. Now, um, this makes me think of a quote by Martin Luther King. I'm going to read it out. He said that these type of people, what who do this, they prefer a negative piece which is in the absence of tension to a positive piece which is in the presence of justice i'll say that again people who do this people who jump to the defense and not really want to entertain this idea that racism has just taken place what they do is um gosh i'm just looking at the time <laughs> these go quickly right it says martin luther king said a negative piece These people prefer a negative peace, which is in the absence of tension to a positive peace, which is in the presence of justice. So in other words, you know, one of the reasons why people do this is because they don't want to cause a fuss they would rather you know let's just brush this under the carpet let's not call it racism because nobody wants anyone to be called racist because that's really terrible and bad let's just you know keep the peace and one of the ways in which people keep the peace is by denying ethnic minorities their reality they gaslight people and that's not okay that's dehumanizing it's not allowing them um, ethnic minorities to feel what they feel it's saying you're wrong you're wrong you must be wrong and there's no entertainment of what was actually said, okay. Um, also, I like this this phrase, um, which I I was reading a book recently, uh, the ethics of microaggressions. Oh, I put it away. But um, they use this phrase: um, conflict-averse egalitarian. Conflict-averse egalitarian. Again, that's somebody who doesn't like the idea of conflict yet still they're an egalitarian so an egalitarian or egalitarianism is the belief in equal opportunities for all in very simple terms equal opportunities for all but think about that in order to get equal equal opportunities for all there's some that you're going to have to sometimes challenge when there are moments where there aren't equal opportunities and fairness right so it's a conflict in terms. How can you be an e- egalitarian and not ever have to deal with conflict? That doesn't make sense. A conflict-averse egalitarian. It's a fallacy. In order to have equal opportunities, at some point you're going to come up against something, someone, some rules, some policy, some system that is in opposition to equal rights so i'm going to move on to ways in which um you can challenge these micro assaults okay and before i talk about that to get into what you can do is you always got to think about your safety So it would be very irresponsible of me to say, always challenge them. I mean, in in an ideal world, you'd want to, but you have to think about how safe are you, you know? Are you at risk of losing your job? Are you at risk of uh, violence? Are you at risk of somebody shouting at you and you feeling really terrible? Um, Or the the power dynamics, you know? Um, or, Or again, do you have to be in this environment with these people for a long period of time afterwards? So you have to really pick your battles carefully unfortunately um but i have to give you the reality of of what it means to challenge a a micro uh, aggression or, or racism in general so what what can you do well the first thing you can do is to challenge the person calmly okay um know again this goes out to all ethnic minorities and allies you can do the same thing okay so say for instance in the in both incidents um with the theme park and also the um the supermarket what i could have asked was you know do these rules apply to everybody or do they just apply to people who look like me because what i'm saying right i'm not saying you're a racist but i'm saying that I know what you're doing and I'm not going to let you get away with it, okay? So that will cause them to think. It might cause them to change their behaviour. It may not. It may further ruffle their feathers. Again, it's, it's always a, a, a chance that you take. But more than likely, what you're doing is, well, what you're doing is you're educating them and you're shining the light on the problem, okay and and just even having that happen can be positive because it can really cause them to think the next time they go to do that or maybe they just won't go to do that again because they're like ah people can actually see what i'm doing whereas often when people don't say anything people it emboldens people to think that oh oh, i can get away with this i'll keep doing it no if we challenge them they're less likely to Again, what you could do is um, kind of to question um, their desires. You know, and I wish I did this. These are the things you think of afterwards. So, you know, I, I could have said in those instances, are you, sh- are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? Are you absolutely sure that this is your final decision? Now, I'm going to speak to a manager in a moment. And actually, you actually don't even know who I am. So I'm just going to ask you one more time are you absolutely 100% sure about what you're saying? Because again what I'm doing is causing them to really think about the possible consequences of what they're doing and if they know they're in the wrong again it mo- it might just prompt them to change the way that they're acting or what they're saying um or at least to think about what they're doing, okay? They could just double down. Um, but there's a chance that they might change their mind because they they start to think, well, they, you know, they know they're in the wrong. And actually, I don't know this person. Ooh, Who is this person? Are they somebody really important? Are they really going to go to the manager? Mm, that's not good. I could actually lose my... Yeah. So... Yeah, that's another another response. Again, you could just make the complaint to the manager, which is what I did in the one instant, instance. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't work. I wasn't very hopeful, if I was very honest, um, because the staff at this theme park weren't very diverse. So I thought, mm, you know, how successful is this going to be? But you know, to give Carl his credit, you know, he he did absolutely the right thing. Um, so again, you can just make the complaint to a manager or somebody more senior. Um, you can also, uh, state the obvious, which is quite similar to, um, the first one, um, so, so I could just say, you know, it seems quite obvious that you're making the rules up as you go along. Um, you do realize that's racist. So it's, that, I mean, that approach is, is um, a lot more confrontational and, 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 and do that if you, if you absolutely feel as though, if you, you, if you feel confident in doing that. Not everybody's going to feel confident in doing that, but you can just, you know, say this is what I'm experiencing. That appears to me to be very racist. Do you say this to everybody? okay you could also write a letter of complaint to the director or the ceo directly you know miss everybody else out and and, and speak to that person okay um for organizations directly so that, that's all for your, your ethnic minorities and allies as individuals for organizations you have to train your staff in anti-racism so they understand what racism is it's so much more than calling somebody you know at the n word the p word you know i keep saying most people know what of the you know, overt forms of racism are like we're not we're not saying train them in that we're saying train them in the more sneaky more subtle uh ways in which racism manifests and of course that's something that we do so if you want uh training for your organization then get in touch with us because we do that okay but they also need training on microaggression specifically and you know whenever we do training that's the piece that most people organizations, uh, almost individuals, are quite surprised by it because, you know, a common a common uh, reflection in the evaluation form is, oh, I do that. I didn't realize that was a microaggression. You know, it's a massive... Ma- in fact, um, we, we've done a lot of microaggression training at Cambridge University, and I was speaking to a client there who said... Um, that learning about microaggressions is a life skill. It's a life skill because nobody wants to, not all, most people do not want to go around um, being racist (laughs) Um, but often that's how actions and words can be interpreted or it can be felt if you're not aware of what they are and what they're doing to ethnic minorities. follow through when people complain so when people complain of um racial bias or any form of bias follow through on that so so you help to build trust so again ethnic minorities feel okay they are really going to do something they're not it's not just um they're not just talking about it and also create safe ways for staff to be able to report racial bias and microaggression. So I'm going to end it there. Hope that was useful to you. So today was about micro assaults. Um, You know, if you found this episode useful, please share this with somebody else. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list so you can find out about what's going on and continue that anti-racism education as, as you build and grow. Okay, thank you. And to goodbye.